Hello and welcome to the first episode ever of The Millennial Attorney. The podcast is dedicated to talking with attorneys who found innovative ways to make their practice better. I'm your host, Summer Johnson. While I'm neither an attorney or a millennial, I'm the Director of Operations for Mott Legal. I use my knowledge and my MBA and experience with working with the, in the legal industry to help attorneys run their law firms as profitable businesses. Uh, who's in a millennial attorney? We don't mean someone with a JD be born between 1983 and 1999, but rather a new way of thinking and practicing law. The legal industry is changing. Uh, there's increasing customer demands, there's growing technological influence, and an oversaturated legal market. All of these things present new challenges to the practice of law. The Millennial Attorney Podcast offers insight into how to lean into that shift with business-savvy legal operations advice. If you have a story of what's made your law firm better, we want to hear it. Um, moving into our show, I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Rylas Dana. He is the owner and managing partner of Dana & Associates. Rylas is an estate planning and probate attorney operating seven successful offices in Arizona and California. He's a millennial attorney and he's also Mott's legal first client. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Um, so one of the things that we like to do at Mott is talk about our weekly wins. So I want to open our interview with something good that's happened to you this week that you'd like to share with our viewers. Uh, great, great. So my win, I was thinking about this a little bit, and it, it was just my week last week, I'll say. I had a really good week. It was a short week with the holiday on Monday, but Tuesday I was in court in California. Mm -hmm. And then Thursday, Thursday I was in court in Phoenix, and Friday I had a full day meeting clients. So it was just a very, um, very good week. Um, also, while while in California, I got to go surfing. On my, so had good, good work-life balance. Nice. So got my work done and got some waves over lunch. Nice. Uh, my weekly win is simply that this is our first podcast. I'm super excited about it. Super excited to get started. Um, so tell me, tell me your story. Uh, Why did you become a lawyer? Where do you come from? Tell me your background. So background, uh, I grew up, I was raised by a lawyer actually, an estate planning lawyer. Okay. So I think that influenced things. Uh, why did I become a lawyer? I, I saw my dad, I, I started working in his law firm during college. Mm -hmm. So I got a taste of it then. And I liked the problem solving aspect of it. And I liked being able to help people. So what year did you start working for your dad? Uh, what year? Let's see, it was 2002. Okay. Is when I started working for and him. And you were, you were doing your undergraduate or? I was doing my undergraduate. What's your undergraduate in? Uh, I studied business management. Oh, okay. Why did you study business management? So I, in working at my dad's law firm, I really liked uh, the le I liked working in the law firm. Uh -huh. But I saw that there was, um, I felt that the business-wise could be improved, like the okay. way things were ran. Okay. And so you knew you wanted to be an attorney, but you studied business undergraduate so you could have some of that background. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I wanted to get into law mm -hmm. was I saw the opportunity there. I saw where you know a lot of our country, the, the baby boomers, control a lot of the wealth in our country. Okay. So I thought that was a good area to be. And I feel like law as a business was a little bit behind other businesses. In what way? 
in that most attorneys don't really treat their law firms like a business. Okay. Meaning tracking, uh, tracking numbers to see if it's actually profitable or if they're just making enough money to survive. Okay, so you wanted to kind of combine the whole law industry that you grew up with with some of these more business aspects. Yeah, and some of the, the modern businesses. Mm-hmm. So back in, you know, like the, the 2000s when LegalZoom and some of these other companies were new on the market, was kind of disrupting the legal industry mm-hmm. with the internet and the do-it-yourself. Okay. So I saw that changing the traditional law practice. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of attorneys did not know how to deal with that. They didn't know how to deal with um, the, the, the competition and the okay. alternatives that people now had. Right, right. Okay, I get it. So what year did you graduate law school? Law school, I graduated, let's say graduated college in 2006, mm-hmm. and then I graduated law school in 2009. Oh, right there, 2009, just the crash. So what happened when you graduated law school? Yeah, so tough year. So that 2008, mm-hmm. 2009-ish, um, you know, what was happening in the legal industry was a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of attorneys were getting laid off. There was a lot of very experienced attorneys that just got freshly laid off. Okay. So we're, you know, my last year of law school, uh-huh. uh, people are trying to figure out how they're going to find jobs out there. And there's this new batch of really experienced attorneys. Right. Um, and nowhere for them to go. Nowhere for them to go. Okay. But you were already at your dad's law firm. What were you doing at your dad's law firm at the time? So um, during college or at what point? After you graduated. So as soon as I got my law degree, after Mm -hmm. I passed the bar and became licensed as an attorney, they sent me to run one of our offices. It was the the Mesa office. Uh So my dad's firm at the time had several locations as well. And uh, Mesa was one of the hubs where there was full-time paralegals and attorneys. So did your dad, what kind of practice did your law, or what kind of law did your dad practice? Yeah, probate and estate oh, so planning. So just same thing, okay. Yep. So he sent you to run the Mesa office, and how many attorneys were at the Mesa office? Uh, see, I think I was the main attorney there, the one seeing okay. clients. Uh-huh. And then there was, I think at the time, there was about maybe six to... I don't know, four to six attorneys at okay. his firm. So that's a good size. Yeah. Okay. And then that was only one of his offices. So how big was the firm as as a whole? I said that, that was the firm as a whole, was around maybe four to six attorneys at okay. that time. Okay. And the Mesa office, I think it was myself most of the time and mm-hmm. maybe another attorney some days as well. Okay. So what um, what made you leave that big law firm environment? Yeah, so aside from just working in a family business, which, you know, sometimes it's nice to get away from that, I I felt that I hit my ceiling. I felt that I wasn't going to make any more money. Okay. I felt there was a point where I could work harder and still make the same, or I could just kind of coast and make the same. Okay. So So working for your dad, you just kind of coast and just be like, "Mm, okay, whatever. Yeah, it, it got to a point where I was trying to improve things. Mm-hmm. So when I was running the Mesa office, I converted and got people away from paper and more okay. paperless, you know, in an effort to... And just, this was 2010, 2011? Um, yeah, it'd be Okay, so that seems about right, start getting rid of paper. Yeah, so that's, you know, that was, I felt it was behind the time yeah. even then. Yeah. But again, law offices, attorneys were you know, behind the curve in in business, which is the reason I wanted to pursue this career. Okay. So I, um, 
we got the office running paperless where they were, you know, scanning all the notes and all the documents. So, so rather could, than have like your physical file that attorneys were bringing into court every day or whatever it was, all of that was paperless. Yeah. It was all of, inside the computer, fully accessible by the attorneys, everything else. Yeah. Instead of printing a 30 page trust, you know, three copies, one for the attorney, one for the paralegal and one for the junior attorney to all review okay. and mark up mm-hmm. and make changes on. And then print them again. And then print them again okay. and print them again. Okay. And um, so your focus was more uh, making things paperless, doing things a little more efficient in that practice. Yeah. Okay, so um, so what happened? What was the response to that? They said, stop doing that. <laughs> so Why is that? They didn't like that one office was different from the others. Oh, was re- okay. So, so said, you were changing the one office and they wanted things they across the board. Yeah, they liked the paper and they were concerned. Even, even though there was checks and there was, uh-huh. you know, um, there was ways where they could access everything on paper in their system. Okay. Um, I think they just felt uncomfortable that they didn't understand the, the so change. So hit some red system. tape. Yeah, hit some red tape. So unusual in the big law firms. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So then what happened? What did you decide to do after that? So after that, I, I decided that I wanted to start my own business. Okay. But the challenge, the nice thing with the law firm was, is that I had a paralegal, there's receptionist, mm-hmm. and there was a big running machine that I was a part of. Right. So I got to practice law. I got to see a lot of clients mm-hmm. and actually be an attorney. There were already these processes in place that you kind of were just thrown into. Yeah. Okay. So the challenge was, is you know, how do I, how do I recreate this? And, okay. You know, how can I make it better? Okay. So were you trying to recreate that like on a smaller scale or were you trying to be a big law firm or what was your what was your end game? My my end game, I guess the to try to make a more efficient law firm is okay. my end game. So efficiency was what your focus was. Yeah, efficiency. Okay. And treating it like a business, meaning mm-hmm. studying the metrics and uh, profitability. Okay. So what year was it that you ended up going on your own? Let's see, what year was that? It was um, so my, my brother and I started a firm. Uh-huh. We actually ended up buying some of the pieces of my father's firm. It actually okay. split up and we bought some of the pieces. That was uh, 2015, I want to say, four okay. years ago. Okay. Uh, maybe longer, maybe uh, 2013. So. Okay. So. And then, and then what happened with you and your brother? Um, we ended up splitting up, difference of core values. Okay. We had different focuses, different uh-huh. things that we were trying to build. All right. So. so then you went out on your own, and that was how many? How long ago? I think that was three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. All right. Um, so what would you say was the hardest thing about going out on your own? Uh, the hardest thing. So we we had a lot of the processes that we inherited by buying the, the law firm from uh-huh. my father. But the, I would say incorporating the business things, meaning okay. you know figuring out like marketing strategy. Um, the accounting stuff, you know, running the numbers. How was that different than what you came from? Um, so if you ha- inherited the processes, was there not processes for? There, there was not marketing processes. They didn't have data as far as to, to know what type of clients convert or if they advertise in a newspaper. Okay, you know, so what, they did marketing funnels. Come, yeah, they did some marketing, uh-huh. but there wasn't enough data in order in order to determine 
what marketing was effective. Okay, they were just kind of throwing money at the wall and seeing what stuck and yeah. you didn't feel like you had anything to move from as far as like what worked and what didn't work and okay. So um, that was that was kind of the hardest thing about going out on your own was figuring out how to market that or? Uh, and really just doing everything. You know, okay. there's one, you know, being the attorney, which mm-hmm. is what I wanted to do, you know, see clients work on their cases, but then also you have the business aspects as well right. as like, a, you know, marketing, HR, you mm-hmm. know, are we gonna hire someone to answer the phones or do other things? And what do we do when someone doesn't show up? Yeah. You know, just trying to w- wear all the hats at once, I right. would say. Right, right. So what we call that at Mott is uh, legal operations. So it's anything but law. Um, it's it's all the, the background stuff, the HR, the marketing, the admin side of things. And then there's the law side of things that you have to have the, the degree to do, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you had a hard time kind of balancing all of those things and making sure that you had everything that you needed running which way? So what'd you do? Um, so what I do? So, well, that's kind of how, where, where Mock got started. I think we reached out to, to, to Summer, to you, to, to help us build something, to help build something where it has the, um, where, where it's keeping track of the data. Okay. So we can run it like a business. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've grown from there. Okay. Uh, some, some some noise. Is <laughs> I think it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> phone call or something. All right. So, uh, what did that do for you? What did that do for your practice? Uh, what's that? What part? The the reaching out to Mott. Oh oh. So as we, so and and starting my own practice. You know what I, I I was trying to figure out how how can I you know how do I build the business I want. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I build the, those procedures? Mm-hmm. And I would I would look at successful businesses, okay, and see what you know. Try to dissect that. You know, how do I how do I build that? Okay. And for a while there, you know, I, I wish that I could find a partner mm-hmm. where I could have them you know do all of the business stuff. Okay. And I could worry about being an attorney. Right. But they would make sure that I have clients to see and. So you, you know, didn't want to worry about all like the business side of things, but you also didn't want to worry about the red tape of the big law. Right. Okay. Right. So, so that's when was some of the early startings of, of Mott Legal. Okay. Where the idea was to create a company that mm-hmm. could serve in this role, you know, not just for my law firm, but mm-hmm. for others as well. Okay. So what does Mott Legal do for the law firm? Everything, essentially everything. I'm, I'm an attorney. I, I say I do all the, the legal things. I manage the legal cases, mm-hmm. and that's about it. So Mott Legal runs the, the marketing, the HR. They run the bookkeeping. So I feel like it just accelerates everything. It just makes every – like I get to do the fun parts of the business. Okay. I, I get to um, be involved in the finances. Uh-huh. and um, So how, how are decisions made? So if that's the case – who who works for you? Who works for me at Dana and Associates? Yeah, the, the law firm uh-huh. is just one other attorney, Afsana. So you don't have any paralegals or receptionists or anything like that. They all work through Mott Legal. So all, you all do. You have them. Yes. You have that resource, but they all work for a different company. Yeah. So they're all managed by Mott Legal. Okay. So someone. So you just manage your associate attorney, and that's it. I don't even manage her, so. Mott Legal helps manage her as well. Okay. 
So really all you do is meet with clients. Yeah, I manage her legal work. I oversee the cases that she runs okay. and supervise her as an attorney. Okay. And you know, we've worked together. I you know, Mott helps with decisions like salary and packages like that. How and do they help? When they when people ask for a raise or ask um, you know, how they should be paid. Uh-huh. We have um, a, a way to work it out instead of me just um, you know, as the attorney, I wouldn't know what to do. That's, that's not my skills in, uh, in HR. I don't know um, how to develop an effective pay package. So, okay. Uh, so, so what we do is, um, so Mott makes sure that there's, um, they meet with the, the attorneys and develop um, they have reviews, annual reviews, or mm-hmm. more often than that, don't, don't we? Like quarterly or what, at least twice a year. Yeah to review and, and see what they're getting paid. Okay. And we make sure there's a place created to have that conversation. Okay, so they've just kind of created this process of how to make sure everyone's happy. So do you have any say in that process at all? Oh, or yeah. Is it just... oh yeah, I have all the say. Okay, so, how so? But Mott will make recommendations. You know, here's, okay. you know, here's what the data, you know, here's what other attorneys are paying. Here's what our finances are. Here's. Okay. And then, you know, here's what I think you should do. Uh-huh. And then we can adjust. And then you on get that. to make the decision. Yeah. So basically you're getting all of these resources, the HR, marketing, what else, what else does it provide? HR, marketing. Um, let's see what else is there. Some HR marketing, uh, like the bookkeeping, bookkeeping, keep track of all of the the finances. Okay. Uh, just the data and the metrics of the company. You know, so they can turn around and tell you at any given time, um, I don't know what ROI is for your Google ad spend or what. Yeah. They can. Yeah, where our clients are coming from, uh, what percentage they convert at. Okay. The clients that come from the internet versus referrals and awesome. what's our average conversion. But at the end of the day, who makes those decisions on how much you're spending? I do. You do. So after, it's still your firm. After the guidance, though. Here's, after the guidance. You know, here's what we recommend. Here's, here's what other companies do. Awesome. So um, what would you say is... Um, your greatest piece of advice for other attorneys wanting to break f- away from big law? Um, I would say just go for it. I would say there, there's so many tools out there and resources. I would say go for it. If you want to break away, um, figure out a niche, an area that you that you like to work in, and um, you know seek out professionals that can help you. Seek out um, someone to help you establish your business. Okay. So um, going back to kind of what that legal operations uh, management has done for you, let's talk about numbers. Like how many people are you meeting with? How many people are you and your associate engaging on a regular basis? Um, Let's see. So our leads per week is around 15 to 20. Okay. And of those, of the around 20 leads, I think we get about 15 appointments a week. So, So that's about 60. Um, 60 new clients uh, a month. So, so 40, just, 40 and to 60. And it's just you and your attorney. Yeah. Engaging, actually engaging 40 to 60 new clients a month. Yes. And um, yeah, some of those are estate planning clients where they're done within uh, six to eight weeks. Uh-huh. And some of those are probate and trust administration cases where they last um, last longer. 
So how is that different from three years ago when you started? Um, three years ago, without the, the management of Mott Legal and the organization, I believe we were seeing around 30 clients a month and maybe engaging 15 to 20. Okay, so like double, double or more yeah than when you started yeah and then mott's been able to scale to add the paralegals and receptionists to manage the workflow okay so they've just kind of provided as you've grown and needed more they've just added that in yeah so that's why my win last week you know the uh -huh. fact that i can just go 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 yeah uh be a california attorney one day back in phoenix uh, the next day you know see a bunch of clients the, the day after that yeah um that's the only way that that wouldn't be possible if it was just me on my own. And right, right. So with all of that, like, um, I know a lot of people talk about, well, well, sometimes when you scale, it's more work than it's worth. So are you, I mean, based on your win, are you working 80 hours a week nonstop? Like, are you working more? Are you making more? How does that work? Um, I have a good work-life balance. I think I, I don't work a lot. Mm -hmm. I work from nine to five to six every day. That's it. So like um, 40 hours. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not plugging back in at night or weekends, you know, so it's uh, for a lot of attorneys, I know they go in regularly on the weekends and at night they have to get back after it. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, seeing that many people a day and being that organized, I, I hit it hard uh -huh. during the day, try to stay focused and um, get it all done. But I can, I can clock out at, um, you know, five, five or, or six and be done. Yeah, and be done. That's a lot considering that uh, it's your firm and you're in charge of, I mean, essentially you're in charge of everything. So are you actually making money on that model or has your overhead increased to the point where you're not making any money anymore? Uh, no, it's been great. So in January is when Mott took over completely okay. to manage Dane and Associates, uh -huh. where Dane and Associates pays a percentage fee to Mott Legal. Okay. And it's actually been more profitable. So there's been a, a $20,000 a month increase. 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 Since, since January. Yeah, from, since January. Wow. Okay. All right. That's awesome. And uh, as great as that is, I would still say the work-life balance is better. That's more important to it's you. The, the fact that I can take time off when I need to. Do you take time off? Do you I, take I do. vacation? I do. Yeah. So. And your law firm runs while you're not there? Yeah. So it, I'm, yeah, even when I'm there, it runs without me essentially. So <laughs> whether I'm there or not, it, it's still running and it's still going. Okay. That's awesome. So um, where do you see the legal industry going in 10 years? Um, it's been in interesting. The last 10 years, you know, we saw the legal Zoom and some of those kind of disrupt things. Yeah. I think we're going to be seeing more practice management companies. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you know, these attorneys that are on their own, you know, some of them aren't going to be able to make it. We're already, we're already seeing that. So yeah. I think, um, you know, big law is still going to serve the big companies and yeah. uh, the patent litigation and yeah, the big things. Yeah, it's not going But there's there's a lot of clients that they're not a good fit for. Uh -huh. And there's a lot of people that don't want to do it yourself. So um, I see the law firm evolving with, with less small law firms, but better ones, I think is what we're going to see. Better in what way? Uh, better experience for the client, meaning, um, you know, straightforward. Yeah. When they, when they call, they'll answer the phone actually. Um, straightforward on what the price is and the fees are 
better service. What's your feedback from your clients? Um, our clients have a great experience. I, I think the best compliment we get, or my favorite one, is they said that was really easy. You know, after it's yeah. all over, they go, "Oh, that that was easy." Do they feel like Do they feel like they overpaid you? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. The no. ones that are that are relieved and and happy. It was to, worth to it. Get over, yeah, it was, it was it worth was, the ease, worth the convenience. Yeah. Awesome. Um. So. I just have one last question um, as far as um, what you see moving forward. What do you think, what do you think your challenges are going to be moving into this new generation of law since you're kind of, you've already separated those operations and legal. So what do you think, what do you think, what challenge are you going to have in the new day and age? Um, I think the challenge, it seems like everyone's getting into the legal business these days. Like, yeah. Like you have um, banks mm -hmm. telling clients a lot of times that they don't need attorneys and mm -hmm. handling things for them in order okay. to continue to manage the money. Uh-huh. And then there's, you know, software companies and tech companies that are providing legal documents and those services. Yeah. So it's just, um, you know, seeing the challenges from the different areas. Do you think that with all the technology automation and with all the dot preppers and the banks, do you think there's still a need for attorneys? Um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm a big fan of the automation and the, yeah. the dot prep services, but my job is service. You know, some people will ask, they say, well, don't you just have software? Don't you just fill in the blanks? Yeah. It's like, yeah, but the reason you're hiring us is to tell you how to fill in the blanks. Right. You know, to give the service and the guidance. So what do you see, because you do administration as well, what do you see on the back end as far as, as some of those complications? Do you see issues that come up from those fill in the blank things or what? Yeah, as an attorney, that do-it-yourself industry is great for the legal business, I would say. Why? It's bad for the consumers because things can, when things tend to go wrong mm -hmm. and there's, you know, the, the, a lot of times the trust they did on LegalZoom, sometimes there can be a problem where it's not, work, it's not working the way they intended. Mm -hmm. And then they, they need attorneys to figure out how to fix it later. Okay. So I use the analogy of getting the toothpaste back in the tube. You know, when after the fact we're yeah. trying to fix things, okay. it's a lot yeah, more yeah. difficult. All right. I get what you're saying. But I like those types of cases. You know, Why? Because we get to charge a lot more money and, and make a lot more money. All right. So we're, we're seeing some of that as a result of this, you know, people, the, the, the do-it-yourself. It's, yeah. it's turning into some difficult administration cases. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so I wrapping things up, we're really grateful to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug in at the end of this or... Um, yeah, I'll plug. So any attorneys out there, I'm licensed in California, Arizona, and Nevada. We have offices in San Diego and the Phoenix area. So if you have any issues, any probate issues or trust administration issues that cross those state lines, I'd like to help you on those cases. We can co-counsel or work together. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate uh, Mr. Dana being here with us today. And like you said, if if uh, there's any other attorneys or issues out there, he's a great person to go to. I know he's done some really good work. Uh, thank you so much for listening to The Millennial Attorney with us today. If you got something out of our show this week, please share uh, our podcast with a friend. 
Like us on Facebook, give us a thumbs up on YouTube, rate us on iTunes or Spotify. Um, also, if you have a story to tell about what's made your law firm better, we want to hear it. If you have any questions, suggestions, or would like to be a guest on our podcast, we'd love to hear from you as well. You can email us at info at motlegal.com. You can message us on Facebook or Instagram at motlegal, or follow us on Twitter at Made for Lawyers. Thank you so much for being here today and appreciate your time.